There's so much unpredictability in today's financial world. To successfully retire in that environment, it's important to get on the right track and stay there. That's why Steve Davis and Sean Toll of Davis Wealth Management bring you the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast. And it starts now. What can you tell us about retirement? It's rather, for me, overwhelming to even think about it. And I don't believe that I'm alone in that. No, you're definitely not alone. A lot of people find it uh, overwhelming. And if you just think about it, it's, it's because retirement tends to sneak up on us immediately. And sometimes we're not prepared, right? We, we spend our, our youth going to school and um, you know learning things. And then we enter our career in our 20s, hopefully, and we spend a lot of time working. And we're worried about raising a family, paying the bills, um, buying the home, you know, all those things. And all of a sudden, we, uh, you know, the kids are out of the house, or maybe you had none, but you're, you know, you're in your late 50s and you see your friends starting to retire. And all of a sudden, you say, oh, retirement's right around the corner. And it catches us by surprise. We're not ready for it. We're, we're used to making money, paying bills, and saving. All of a sudden, we're not making money. We're not saving. We're still paying the bills. Um, but now the money that we put aside that we saved, we have to start drawing on that for our income. And so it's a whole new um, paradigm for a lot of people. Well, for everybody, for, for that matter, uh, when we retire, because everything changes. Um, we go from, again, that that growth mode, if you will, of making money and saving to the preservation mode of, okay, I have my nest egg. I need to now start taking money out of it. That's a whole new game that I've never played before. The, we were never allowed to take money out, right? It was you have to put it in, you've got to let it stay. Now all of a sudden, we're taking the money out. So it's very, very different for a lot of people, and it scares a lot of people. What if people aren't saving? Like, I know you should start very young, but what if you like don't feel like you can afford it? I, I would assume there's always a way to, to kind of squeeze some out in your budget. Yeah, there should be um, some. T- you know, for some people, that you know, there just isn't. But I would argue that you know you should be able to find five, ten, fifteen dollars periodically, even twenty-five or a hundred periodically to put aside. But it's really important to start early. Start as soon as you can. I mean, sometimes that begins um, when we, uh, you know, sell our first lemonade or cut our first lawn. Um, You get money and and hopefully mom and dad or whoever you're with says, okay, make sure you put some money into that piggy bank and and start saving. Um, The power of compounding interest is really what comes into play here. Einstein said it was one of the uh, most, uh, the greatest mathematical discovery uh, of all time. And it really, it's, it's fairly simple. If you have ten dollars and you make ten percent um, you now have eleven dollars then you make ten percent of that you make more than a dollar you're gonna make ten percent of eleven and so on and so forth so when you start compounding this and you make you're making money on the money you've made if you start young it's incredible um, how much money you can have for instance if a 25 year old could save six percent a year or if you turn 40 and you haven't saved any money yet, you're going to have to save 16.5% per year in order to have the same amount of money when you're age 65. So it's well worth it it's, to think about this it and start really, It really is well worth it. Um, it. It's really important. And employers, for the most part, make it easy. Um, they have 401ks. Many of them do. And if you are working for that company and they have the 401k, they have what's called uh, auto-enrollment. 
meaning when you sign your paperwork and you have your new job, they automatically enroll you in your 401k and they take out uh, a nominal amount. I think it's maybe one or 2% um, of your pay and it goes in. So sometimes that goes unnoticed. People are saving and they don't know about it, which is great, right? Um, and it's that that's really been a nice development in the industry. If your company doesn't do that, really try to find, even if it's 1% or 2%, find some amount of money you can put aside. It's never going to come to you via your paycheck. It's going to go automatically into your 401k. Hopefully, you never miss it. And if you get a raise the next year, if you're putting in a percentage, all of a sudden, the, the absolute amount of that contribution is higher because it's a percent of your higher pay. So it's really, um, it's a very important, useful tool for folks. A lot of people, too, don't or don't think about it, but you're throwing money away, right? If your company matches with 401k or if they put in a percentage. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. That That's a huge thing. I can't tell you how many folks um, I, I talk with um, that aren't contributing to their 401k. So I, I just, you know, I, I don't like the company. I don't want to contribute. I said, well, how much is the is your employer match? They said, well, it's 2% or it's, or it's half of what I put in up to 5%, which would be a 2.5% contribution. So you're basically telling your employer, no, I don't want your money. You keep it. Um, you know, so you're leaving money on the table. If you have a 401k and your employer uh, is willing to match what you put in, uh, again, it's up to a certain percent. It's not going to be dollar for dollar. Do put in as much as you need to in order to get that match. Otherwise, like you said, you're just leaving money on the table and you're, you're turning it away. That so. does not make sense to me. It really free money. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk about today that changed um, with the Secure Act uh, 2.0 that was legislation that was passed um, this past year uh, in December. They um, have made some changes to 401ks, which are great for folks. Um, previously, you um, you could put a um, a Roth 401k in place, meaning a Roth you you would put your money in after tax, but then it would grow tax free. The employer's contribution was always on a pre-tax basis, okay? So you kind of had two accounts going. That employer's contribution, later on in life when you retire, you had to pay taxes on that money coming out, okay? Now you can ask your employer. They're not obligated to do so, but many are. You can say, I want your contribution to be a Roth contribution. That's really good for a couple reasons. First, you're going to get that money in, and you're going to be 100% vested on day one. Okay, so if you leave, and a lot of people don't stay at their companies three, five, you know, three, five, seven years. If you have, say, a, a five-year vesting schedule, and you've been putting money in, you've been your employer's been putting in Roth. If you leave after three years, you could take all that money with you. Whereas if they're putting it on a normal um, basis, i.e., a pre-tax, you may have to leave some of that there. Okay, the ah. catch is when you get that contribution from your employer, if it's Roth, you have to pay taxes on it that year. But I think that's a fair trade. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important to, to really be proactive with, with your planning. Um, it, it's, you know, and that's what we've been talking about. That's been putting money aside proactively, you know, starting as early as you can. Um, it's, it's preparing for um, the unknowns down the road. There's a lot of risks that we face uh, in planning for retirement. So it's really important to to understand how your portfolio is invested, whether that's your 401k or your IRA, uh, and really be uh, really be proactive about that. Um, it's always too late if um, we have a big market decline. Let's say we have a 50% crash again, and um, you're caught flat-footed, and then you want to make some changes to your investments. 
Well, those changes should have been made before we had a big crash. So it's really important to try to be try to be proactive. And we brought up the Roth. That's being proactive as well. If we look at what's going on in the country today, we've got massive deficits in Washington. Um, it, it's unbelievable. We're, we're borrowing money um, like it's going out of style. For, um, and uh, it's it's unsustainable. We cannot continue to run these deficits and, and borrow the money we're, the way we're doing it. So the folks in Washington have two possible solutions to that. They could raise taxes or they can cut spending. You know they're not going to do the second. No. They, they don't cut spending. So taxes will be going up. So I really do think that, that down the road here, it could be even next year, the year after, certainly 10 years out, I do believe we're going to see higher tax brackets. We're going to see higher taxes um, on the citizens of this country. If you do your Roth conversions or Roth contributions now, you're paying the taxes at really low rates in advance of what should be higher rates or may very well be higher rates in the future. So that's that's what we talk about being proactive um, with uh, with our finances and our saving. And there's so many unexpected things that could happen, like you said, with you know taxes. Now, who knew we would have COVID and inflation and everything like this? What um like do you think about layoffs? I mean, what do you do in that term, or like you know, an unexpected death yeah, that's in the a, family? Yeah, sure, that's a great point. You know, let's talk about layoffs. Um, you know. Here's what's happening. The uh, the Fed was really late to um, fighting this inflation. They said it was going to be transitory and inflation wasn't here to stay and it was going to be a very short period of time. Well, boy, they got that wrong. It lasted a long time and it was as high as what we had in the 80s, uh, which was very, very high. And so what they've done is they've gone on a interest rate raising um, frenzy. It is a it, frenzy, it, it isn't is, it? It has been. But they've been trying to slow the economy down. All right. And the way you slow the economy down is you reduce spending. Okay. And who spends in the U.S. economy? Consumers. That's us. It's you. It's me. It's our family. It's our friends. In order to get them to reduce spending, they have to make more people unemployed. Okay. And that is the byproduct of a slowing economy. We're still at under, I mean, between 2 and 3% right now. So it's, it's very, very good. But if we see unemployment creep up, um, you may be one of the unfortunate ones that, um, that loses your job. So I really love to see folks with about six months of um, expenses in their savings accounts. So do a budget. Look at, what, look at what your budget is at home. Look at your mortgage, your taxes, your electricity, your heat, your insurance, uh, the fuel you need to get to work, um, you know, what, whatever it might be. And, and try to add that up and see what it is on an annual basis. And then take half of that and try to keep that in the bank. Because if you do lose your job, the last thing you want to do is be tapping into your IRA or your 401k uh, to pay the bills. Because once that money comes out, it can't go back in. That's great advice. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one. Hey, here's the other thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to talk about with, with folks, especially when they're young, um, certainly in their 20s, sometimes their 30s, is life insurance. You think you're going to live forever you in your you 20s feel, and you yeah. can't get injured. Oh, look at me. You're invincible. Right. You're exactly. absolutely invincible. Um, but it's very affordable to buy insurance when you're young. The longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. So if you can get some life insurance when you're younger, you can buy it cheaply. And you could do a couple different ways. You could do a term policy. That means it will last for the term of the uh, 
period in which you purchase it. So a lot of folks, it's called a 30-year term. You can also do a 20 or a 15 or a 10. So if I buy a 30-year term life insurance policy, it'll last for 30 years. And uh, one day after 30 years, it, it will be over. It will be it will be done. So you paid all that money for the insurance, but uh, there's nothing there for you. Of course, if you pass away, there's a benefit for your family or your, or your heirs. Um, but if you don't use it, and we hope we don't, um, it, it just stops. Some of them you can convert into a whole life policy, meaning after those 30 years or even before the 30 years come up, you can convert it into a policy that will not have an end date. It'll be there for as long as you live. Uh, those are really good. They're more expensive because the insurance company is taking more risk on their side because they're now insuring you for as long as you live, not just a certain number of years. Um so that's something to think about. Um, you can, and, and it's really important uh, for folks, especially the, when they start raising a family or they get married, and, and you know that you buy a house together with your spouse. And if, gosh, you know something happened to one of them, now the spouse can maybe no longer afford the home because the income's been cut in half. So insurance policies, life insurance in particular, can can really help folks with that. Um, the other thing that we like to talk about, and nobody thinks about. Yet half of us are all going to need it at some point in our lives is long-term care. Very unfortunate and scary to think about. And if you've had an older parent yeah. or, you know, somebody that has had to to have that kind of service and care, it's expensive. It's very expensive. Um, you know, it's more than about it's more than $10,000 a month here in New Hampshire. And if, you know, the average length of care is about 3 years. So that gets you close to four hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Um, right there. Now you can self-fund, meaning you, when you get close to retirement, or as you're preparing for retirement, you make sure you have enough money to pay for that. Make sure it's invested or in a place where you're not going to lose money, because you don't want that at risk. Um, but you also better make sure that it's going to keep pace with inflation, and inflation, more specifically, nursing home inflation. That rises quicker than normal inflation, which is the basket of goods and services. I think it's like uh, 75 of them that we look at to capture or calculate uh, inflation. So make sure you, you could self-fund. Um, you, could, you could look to family. Uh, family can always help, but I find that uh, people are too busy. Uh, family doesn't necessarily live close to each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you know they move to Canada or the West Coast or the, you know, Florida, um, and that's hard to do. So you can look at insurance. Again, this is long-term care insurance. Um, I have these conversations with everybody that comes in. Do you have long-term care insurance? And you should see the faces of the 30-year-olds when I ask them that. They say, what is that? I said, well, you know, nursing home insurance. I said, get, get out of here, Sean. I, you know, I'm getting married next year. I don't even have kids. You, you're talking about nursing home. I'm like, well, I am because it's cheap right now. If you're in your 30s, you can buy that insurance very affordably. People tend to think about it when their mom and dad all of a sudden need that care and they see what it does to their finances. Well, when mom and dad are 80, that means you're probably around 60. It's way too expensive for most folks to buy that type of um, long-term care insurance when they're 60. So it sure is. planning ahead and being proactive and getting that in place before you need it or before you think you're going to need it is always a better approach. You've been listening to the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast presented by Davis Wealth Management. If you have any questions, call 888 888- 
3818 or go online to daviswealthmgmt.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on your favorite apps. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Davis Wealth Management are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Davis Wealth Management and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.